0: praise and worship but we're going to praise god and we're going to get into his word today and we're going to i know he's got something good for his plan he's puts a lot of things on my heart and that just gives me a little bit more time to share with you this morning amen so let's open up in prayer father i thank you and praise you lord for this thursday morning i thank you lord for this opportunity you've given to us to gather as family around your word father to seek your face uh to find out how you would think about things what you would say about things and how you would do it lord that's our hearts desires to know you more and to become more conformed into your very likeness for we desire to be like you we your children want to be like you we want to imitate you in every area in our lives father so we're we're excited today i have a confident expectation that you will speak to me and through me today i say i'm yours do with me as you will father I know I've prepared, but you can go which in every direction you want to go in right now, Father. So I give you free reign and we thank you and praise you for what you will do and all that will be accomplished in and through this meeting here today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well thank you for coming out today. I know it's summer and we got light crowd and uh that's okay. I remember when I first started getting back into the ministry, I had a pastor and and i would uh, always set up for him and set up for the service and uh he told me pastor he said chris i wasn't a pastor and he said chris uh it doesn't matter if there's one person or if there's a thousand people you preach the same way cuz i i had aspirations to be a pastor way back then and there'd be times when it would be me him and his wife and he would preach like there was a thousand people there and he taught me a valuable lesson that it doesn't it isn't based upon you know, someone out here today in this group God foreordained to see you here on this Thursday after Thursday morning for you to be here and Pastor Chris to be up here to speak to you. And I'm just the vessel, so he will use me. I know he will. Because according to Luke four eighteen, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to preach the gospel to you this morning. Do you believe that? Yeah. Okay, he has sent me here to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Yeah. To set, to give sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and proclaim the acceptable the Lord, which is today. Amen. So, uh, we've been going for a while now. You know, we're taking turns. We have like three or four pastors, and we're you know all taking our turns going throughout the month. But I've been specifically speaking on disciplines of faith. Okay. And the disciplines of faith, and Paul calls them in Romans 4.12, the steps of faith. And I like that because a lot of people hear discipline and they shut right down. That's something the flesh doesn't like to hear, that I the discipline myself or have to, you know, uh, do something on my part, uh, you know, to keep in line. But Paul refers to them in Romans 4.12 as the steps of faith. Good morning, ladies. So we've been looking at that, the disciplines, or you can say the steps of faith. I like to call them the nuts and bolts of faith. You know, God, how he works through me is through illustrations, and I need to have pictures and be able to relate something. And you know what? That's the way the master taught, right? He was constantly taking something from the natural and bringing it into one of his sermons or teachings so that you could relate to that. And I like that because I can take something that I know about or I can see or touch and then relate that to a spiritual matter, and it it just resonates with me, so I do that a lot. Discipline is defined in Webster's as a state of order based on submission to rules and authority. Well, that would go kind of right along with the Word of God, because uh, submission to rules, that would be God's Word, and to authority is His Spirit, and we are to be ruled by His not only His Word, but His Spirit. Hello, Mrs. D. Good to have you here this morning. A set set of methods or rules regulating the practice of a church order. We we know our God is a God of order. He just doesn't uh, fly by the seat of his pants. He has things in order, and he is a God of order. And so he's put some things in order for you and I, his children, and, and I like to refer to them as the disciplines of faith, or you could refer to them as the steps of faith. And we are, Paul says, to be going from faith to faith and glory to glory. So what the illustration that I want you to see in this series that I've been sharing with you guys about is steps of faith, is to see yourselves going up a set of steps, okay? And we've covered three steps already, okay? But God always takes you up. He always advances you. And he always increases you. That's who our God is. He never takes you down. He never downsizes you. And he never uh, uh, makes you to go backwards. He always wants to lift you up, advance you, and increase you. And so we can learn from these disciplines of faith that uh, if we're struggling or we find ourselves falling backwards or going down the steps, then we can just check ourselves we can think about what God has laid out here for us in these steps of faith, these disciplines of faith, and, and address them, and then be able to, he'll, he'll be the first one to say, hey, come on back up here. Reach out his hand, and you'll be walking back up the steps, and you know, I, there was a song way back when, when I was uh, living in the wild days, the stairway to heaven, and it wasn't such a good song, but you know, I liked that group at the time, and, and we're walking up the stairway to heaven, Amen to be more conformed into his very likeness. I want people to see me and, and when they've been with Pastor Chris that they've had an experience with Jesus. And I know you guys do too because you're here on a Thursday morning. Okay? So we serve a faith God and faith is what pleases him. We have a faith church. So we want to know the ins and outs of faith. How does it work? I mean, because that's what pleases him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So it would do us good To look at these disciplines of faith, And, and I'm just amazed at how the Lord has laid this out for me to be able to share with you, it's really blessed me, so I'm going to continue on that series today. And you know what, the more that I prepare for these disciplines and steps of faith, I just see how big God really is and how small and how little that I know okay? Because I I prepared the first three steps. We're going to go over them real quick. And you know what is so great about God and why I love Him so much and why I continue to to just be so drawn to Him is because He continues to show me things even after I've studied and prepared. One of the privileges of being able to, to be a pastor or to share or to teach is the privilege of getting all the information and having God speak to your heart and show you things. But you know what? We're constantly... Growing in faith, I and mean, listen, if we had all the information about a subject or a step or a discipline, we wouldn't need faith, right? So that's what we're constantly constantly going to be growing, and we're constantly going to be learning more, so even the discipline number one, number two, and number three that we already have done, and I'll go over it real quickly, he's still taking me back and showing me more, and I love that about him because it's just you know you consistently can be growing in the Lord. And we'll never get it all till we get to heaven. When we get to heaven, we're going to still be learning about faith. And we're still going to be, he's still going to be taking us up steps. And that's what's so great about God is because you can't ever take it to the end. And if we did, we'd probably be, but he's a faith God, we're faith people, and that's what pleases him. So we're going to cover some things today that our flesh isn't going to be particularly happy to cover, okay? But our flesh has no say in the matter, right? Okay, our flesh has no say in the matter. It can, but we check it at the door when we come in here on Thursday mornings and we come through the sanctuary. And we're just going to look at it. And I say if, and I put that big if in there, if we are in tune with our spirit, man, okay, you will get excited about this correction or these disciplines that we're talking about. And I'm not going to stand up here. It's not going to be a negative thing. This is going to be a positive thing for you. But if you're in tune with your spirit man, now remember, spirit, soul, and body, so there's three parts to you. The soul's the deciding factor, because your spirit man's going to go right along with everything I'm sharing about today, because it's going to line up with the Word of God. I'm going to give you lots of scriptures. Your flesh, I can tell you, will be in opposition to this message today. So the deciding factor is your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, if you've if you've uh, presented your body as a living sacrifice, as we've talked about many times in Romans 12, 1 and 2, and you're not conformed to this world, but you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you're going to be okay with this message because this message is going to line right up with the Word of God, which always lines up with the Spirit of God, and we'll be okay. We'll get through this today, and, you, and, and it'll help you, I believe. Let's purpose right now we're open to god's disciplines and we want all of what he has in store for us today because you know what just as pastor keith says pastor john says all the time particularly impartation you're only going to get out of me what god's put into me by drawing it out okay and and i got a lot here i got a lot in here i prepared so you draw it out of me okay Hebrews 12, 11 says, guys, and this is the Word of God, it says that no chastening or discipline seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Ugh, we don't like that word at all. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Okay, well, for you know, I don't want to say forget about painful, I want to say forget about chastening or discipline, but discipline we've always we we've, we've we've taken that word way out of the uh context and we've we've looked at it negatively but the discipline and the chastening of the lord is for a good thing it's for our good and if we are open to it and we're willing and obedient the word says we shall eat the good of the land the fruit of the land uh we can we can come out of this positively okay uh, but let's look at that it says no chastening or discipline seems to be joyful for the present, like meaning right now. Because I said, like, your, your flesh is going to be opposing this message. And your soul, depending on how much word you got inside you, is either going to side with the flesh or it's going to side with the spirit man. Two against one always wins. Just like when we were little kids in the blot, you know, two against one always wins. So uh, we want the spirit and the soul to be ganging up on the flesh, right? Put that thing under. So if you've missed the last couple of teachings, you can go back and get those there on CDs, okay? But a quick review of those last couple of teachings was discipline and step number one. You can write these down if you haven't been here because this will help you. Discipline or step number one was to submit to the Word of God and put God's Word first place. That is absolutely number one, the number one discipline of faith. Why? Because in God's word is where you're going to find about about who God is. You're going to find out what's been made available to you. Only in God's word will you find out what the rest of the disciplines and steps of faith are. Right? Without God's word, we don't know. So God's word has to be first place in submitting to his word. Okay? Only in God's Word will you find all the other steps to go up higher. You and I are not able to do what we don't know. Now, that's not no news or no new revelation. But if you don't know how to do something, or if you don't know about it, how can you do it? So that's why it's so important for us to be in the Word of God. I like to keep things simple, back to fundamentals, you know. But uh, you and I can't do what we're, we've not known about, or what we've not heard about, or what we've not seen in God's Word. You're not even aware of it, so how could you do it? And there, where you see a lot of Christians, just because they haven't spent a lot of time in the Word, that they don't know what God's will is for their life. That's Romans 12:1 and 2 is submitting to the Word of God. Okay, and that takes us right into step and in discipline number two that we looked at a couple weeks ago was to acknowledge Him in all our ways acknowledge him in all our ways, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It goes right hand in hand. Listen, guys, our example was Jesus, right? Right? Somebody out there? Okay. So Jesus was our example. I always looked at Jesus, and we all should. I mean, he's the author, the perfecter, and the finisher of our faith. That's what we're learning about, disciplines of faith. How would he do it? What he did is he found himself in the scriptures. He found scriptures that pertained to him, who he was what he had and what he could do and then he went and conversed with the father about it so not only did he find himself in the word of god he found who he was okay in the scriptures that was step number one step number two was is he acknowledged god in all his ways for he said i don't do anything that i don't see my father do i don't say anything that i don't see my, that i haven't heard my father say so jesus was constantly communing with the father while the boys were out doing their thing he was always going off to the side and hearing from the father so important because we can do step number one we can put god first place and we can uh uh, put his word first place but if we're not acknowledging him in all our ways we can get off course you really can you can do step number one and then go backwards that's why it's so important to acknowledge him in all our ways seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness That's a combination of putting the Word first and then also communing with Him and listening to His Spirit. Because His Spirit tells you when, when's the right time, when's the appropriate time. The Word really doesn't tell you that. The Spirit of God tells you when to do the Word, how to do the Word. Okay, I can know the Word, but I want to know when and how to do it, when's the appropriate time. We observe that step or discipline number two could be acknowledged as just praying. (laughs) acknowledging god in all your ways is just really guys praying and people make praying out to be this some mystical thing but you know what i love prayer and prayer so important prayer is just conversing with your father and acknowledging him in all our ways is so simple it's no matter what i do before i make a move i just say i don't have to get down on my knees i don't have to make it some ritual i just say lord what would you have me do Before I do any counseling sessions, before I meet with somebody, before I return a phone call, I say, Lord, you give me the words to say. You tell me what this person needs to hear, because I don't know, Pastor Chris doesn't know, but I know the one that does know, and I acknowledge him in all my ways. You know what, Jerry, my wife, and my mom's back here, and Jerry talks to her mom two to three times a day, every day. (laughs) I mean, every day. That was so foreign to me when I got married to her, I'm like, why something happened or what i mean you know because i don't talk to i love my mom and we and my dad and i have a great relationship with my family but i don't call them two three times a day i don't call anybody two three times a day (laughs) except the lord you know but and and that's what we're doing i mean so you know and many of you being all women in here i don't know why it is today but uh you may have that relationship with your mother or with your daughters and that's great but God's saying to us, acknowledge me in all your ways. I'll set your course straight. I'll let your path so your feet do not, do not stumble. So that was step or discipline number two. Discipline or step number three was to stay in love. This is a biggie, guys. Stay in love. For our faith works and operates by love. Our God is love and we are children of love. I'm not talking peace sign, you know, flower child. I'm talking about love, love of God, okay? Um, That's what we looked at three weeks ago. And I want you to see, guys, that you can do discipline. Step number one is to acknowledge God or uh, put God's word first place, put God first. You can do step number two is acknowledging him in all your ways, and if you don't do it in love, it's all for naught. First Corinthians thirteen. Okay? So it you have to it's the same as our car operates by fuel. These bodies operate by food, these physical bodies. Faith operates by love. So important. So if things we remember we looked at love as being the curtain rod that hangs it all together, that's how our faith operates on. And I know you ladies will relate to this. Some of the guys couldn't relate last time. That our faith, or our love is like the curtain rod that we hang our faith on. And and if love isn't attached right, then our faith doesn't work properly. Okay, and we get discouraged and we wonder why things aren't going right. It's just a checkpoint. All these disciplines are just a checkpoint to get yourself just turned in the right direction. And I have to do it by love. Everything works by love. Okay, so you can't bypass that love walk. So we're heading up the steps, guys, all right? Hand in hand, we're all going up together. And listen, if, you, if you're stumbling or if you, one of these disciplines doesn't resonate in you, man, just call out to Jesus, reach out to one of us. We'll help you. We're all moving forward. We're all advancing. Which brings us to step or discipline number four. Watch your mouth. <laughs> discipline or step number four is watch your mouth. Did you ever have your mother or one of your friends' mothers or did you ever hear somebody say you better watch your mouth young man you better watch your mouth young lady I did <laughs> Now I never I never uh swore really I never did you know I I used some slang and stuff but you know it wasn't tolerated in our house you know to use that kind of language and I was raised in a Christian house but I hung out with boys that swore and and did a, you know? Said some, huh? Said some, yeah. Rough dogs, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and you know what? I'd hear their, mother, you better watch your mouth, young man. And walking out the doors, they were saying something, you know. And I heard that a lot, you know. And and you really don't even think about it. You just, you know, you you know you said something wrong. But I love how the Lord has laid this out for us in His discipline and step number four was to watch your mouth. Listen to this, guys. We can do step or discipline number one is to put God first place. We can do step number two or discipline number two is to acknowledge Him in all our ways, get His timing, get the way he sh- we should do it, when we should do it. We can even be walking in love. Step number or discipline number three. We can do one, two, and three and then undo everything with our mouths, with this little tongue. That's this is going to be an important message today, okay, I believe. You might be saying, how can I watch my mouth? You know, and, and when I even when I wrote that down, I said, Lord, is it really, that's what you want me to put in here? Because what my plan is, guys, i share with you real quickly, is I'm going, to, I'm going to write a book, and I'm going to have, these are going to be the disciplines or the steps of faith. And the Lord said, you've been talking about writing a book for a while now, you're not doing nothing, you keep talking, 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 so I'm going to do it. And I'm gonna. this is going to be it. So I, love, so I said, you sure that's what you want me to label this one, is watch your mouth? And he said, watch your mouth. You put it down there. So, so I say, how can you do that? How can you watch your mouth? I mean, I'm, I look down. I can't see. i got a nose block in my mouth. i got a big nose. But I mean, I can't watch my mouth. So is that just some kind of saying or what? No, I would say, you know, watching your mouth, you can watch your mouth by the results of your words. That's how you watch your mouth. I can talk to any one of you. And if I, I'm an exhorter and I'm an admonisher, that's what you know uh, some of the gifts that I do or the Lord's placed inside me, I can speak to you and I can see your face light up. I can see peace come on you. I can see your countenance lift, especially if somebody's been down and out for a while. But I can also watch my mouth by the results and effect of it if I say something detrimental or if I say something like, just demeaning or something like that Now I've I can I know I can say these things because Jer's here and she's my partner and you know but I've said things to Jer and I they got out there and about for me to to going to you and I'm like oh don't, 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 come back come back I know that's not going to be good <laughs> and I've seen the results of my mouth my words this tongue okay and it's either had a positive effect or a, a negative effect you all know what I'm talking about right right come on now okay in this extraordinary body that God has given us and He's created, I mean, I, I'm constantly amazed. And I don't know if you guys are that way or not, but sometimes I just sit in a chair and I move my fingers and I say, how did that happen? And I just think of, you know, that I think and, you know, everything. Move, and it just amazes me how God made these bodies. I mean, it's just it's so intricate and, and just so special I mean, we're just created so wonderfully, you know, the scripture says. But there is one member and one part that can control this whole body. And this isn't no new teaching to you guys if you've been here for a while. This one member or one part, individual part, can rule and reign this whole body. It's very powerful for you to get understanding of that and, and to know that, Okay? So if there's something out of place, if there's not something that's not functioning right, you might want to look at your tongue and might want to look at your mouth and what you've been speaking and what words have been coming out. might be a good, and we're going to go further into this, but that's a good indication to, hey, there's a check. There, i I got to check this out here, uh, what's been coming out of my mouth, and I don't want to get ahead of myself. But in this little member, in this one Uh, part of my body has great power within it to create or to destroy okay and and so many people think oh you know that's a mighty army and you know they were mighty and their hands they were strong and look at their muscles and they were valiant men they were big and stuff but i'm telling you the tongue in the mouth is so much oh so much more powerful it really is Okay, It has the power, the Bible says, this isn't Pastor Chris, to create or to destroy, to lift up or to tear down. Powerful. There are many people that have gone their whole life, guys, and you know them, you know of them, and have not been able to control that member. There are many people that have went their whole life and never been able to get this little tongue, this little member in check. In fact, we can see in the earth whole groups of people, nationalities that for centuries have not been able to control their tongues and the messes that it has gotten them into. Amen? Yes. Come on now. It's happened all the way back since the beginning of time that people have not been able to control this tongue, this member. They control their mouth and they keep saying things and keep saying things and they keep rebelling and, they keep, and, it, and you can see the messes that it's got themselves into. In my own life, I'm speaking about myself, I've found that this one member or this one part can be indifferent sometimes. Now my spirit, man, wants to always do right. It wants to do right by the Word of God. And man, I'm diligent about putting God first and conversing with Him and acknowledging Him. But I find this, and I always want to try and walk in love. I mean, that's what got me back into the body of Christ. That's what brought me back home as I found out how much my God loves me. But this little member, this one part of this flesh, wants to be indifferent sometimes. And sometimes it wants to do something completely different than my spirit and my soul man wants to. And I say to you that, remember I said two against one always wins. Well, I need to check this sometimes because this one little member, I don't know about you, but it wants to be indifferent. It wants to do its own thing, you know? Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right. I've never had, now, I mean, I I don't believe in accidents. I mean, you know, I'm not going to go off on that rabbit trail. I believe everything's a setup, okay? Two cars just don't happen to collide, it's a setup by the enemy, okay? There's a lot that happens to get those two cars to get you at the same time, or any accident, you know. So, but you know, my left leg never wants to go and do its own thing apart from this body. Except you could say, I don't like to use that word accident, you know, like I slip on the ice or something, it wants to go it didn't want to go that way, but it went that way. This this thumb here never wants to do anything apart from what the rest of the body would do, because it knows if it does something, it'd be detrimental. I mean, it'd be by accident or be because something happened out of the ordinary. But this member, this member wants to be independent. It wants to do its own thing all the time. And so, you know, the rest of my body will stay in check unless it uh, And this is an illustration, so you can remember this. This body, apart from something happening that shouldn't happen, my members aren't trying to get away or trying to do their own thing. They're all trying to work together. But this one member, this one part individually wants to try to do its own thing. So we're going to learn how to deal with that. Um, Remember that the flesh is in opposition to disciplines. And this one member of our flesh, this one part of our flesh, really opposes any discipline at all. This tongue does not like the word discipline, and it doesn't want to be disciplined. I could call in Brother Hagin, call in Copeland, I could call in all our Keith Moore. Keith has very extensive teachings on the tongue and speaking words. And I can assure you that they would all say, This tongue sometimes wants to do its own thing, and sometimes it wants to do something separate from what I know to be truth and what I know to be right. So the reason I'm emphasizing this, guys, is because sometimes we don't know what the problem is, and if you don't know what the problem is or you don't know where it's coming from, then you're not going to know how to address it. So we want to know that this thing is in opposition, and we want to know that we have to check it, we have to control it, in in order for us to be able to move on. I said that this tongue or this member can even be detrimental to my faith and my faith walk. And you can see why the Lord has labeled this to watch your mouth, because it has a bearing on our faith. He's given us all faith. We have enough faith inside us right now, according to Romans 12.3, to move mountains, To remove any burden, destroy any yoke, and and to do anything that God's placed in our hearts to do. But this tongue, this member, if it's in opposition or working against us, it has a bearing on our faith, in the outcome of our faith. Okay, So let's get into this teaching. That was just the introduction. (laughs) (laughs) All right? Yeah, okay, okay? Everybody's all right? We need to be selective with our words okay we need to be very selective with our words we need to slow down guys and think before we speak and this is something that's going to be difficult because we're on the go and we got things to do and and i don't know about you but i found myself with words coming out before i even thought about them right come on we all have those words are going out of my mouth before i've even given them thought i haven't even meditated on them and they're out there doing stuff and our words are powerful. They're creating or they're destroying. So once they go out of this mouth, they're given place to angels and to the Holy Spirit to be moving and for God to, to work His word and perform it, or it's given the enemy place to do some some havoc on us. So we want to be very selective with our words, okay? We want to slow down. I don't have to respond right away. You don't either. In fact, it would do us well to slow down and not say anything at all and think first, you know. We lash out way too quickly. I used to be worse at this than I am now. I used to think, I've heard Pastor John share messages on that. I um, I don't know if it's crowned dignity or worth, dignity and worth or the ground of your heart, but he said that he would uh, always have to give his opinion we're great at that i'm great at that too you know but listen my opinion doesn't add up to a pile of beans if it doesn't line up with the word of god amen so uh, i've i've really gotten better you have to check with jared check with her after the service i don't want to know by uh, that i that my opinion really doesn't matter okay my opinion doesn't matter it doesn't matter to you and Really? You know, you've heard Pastor John say this before. And when you first hear it, like, your opinion doesn't matter to me. You've heard him say that before. Well, what's your flesh do when you hear that? It's like it cringes a little bit. Like, my opinion don't mean something because your flesh is in opposition to the things of God. Okay? But when you can check that and put it aside, you'll save yourself from getting in a whole lot of grief because your opinion, without thinking about it, and that's usually the first thing that wants to come out of there, good or bad, uh, if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, then we need to just zip it up, okay? Let's turn to Proverbs. So many great scriptures pertaining to the tongue and the mouth in Proverbs. We're just going to look at a few of them. Proverbs chapter 21, Proverbs chapter 21, and I'll be reading everything out of the New King James, so it might read a little different than yours, but not a whole lot. I've checked them. Uh, I usually go back and forth. Proverbs 21 23, if you didn't bring your Bibles, uh, shame on you, and bring them next time and write down these scriptures and look at them tonight. Proverbs 21 23 is whoever guards his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Man, this is big. You know, I've read that verse I don't know hundreds of times, but in preparing for this lesson, we're gonna break that one verse down a little bit, and I'm telling you, it can save you so much grief. Listen to this. Whoever, that means you're in there, right? There's no one excluded here. Whoever guards, well, what's it mean to guard? That means like to check. i got to watch over it, right? i gotta, I got to check it. Whoever guards his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Does anybody in here like troubles? Anybody want troubles coming in their life? Anybody like them hanging around? Well, listen, guys, if I can guard my mouth and my tongue, it says that I can keep my soul from trouble. My soul is my mind, will, and emotion. So let's just break it down. If I can guard my mouth and I can guard my tongue, then I can keep my mind from trouble. Well, hallelujah, I'd be be sitting pretty if I could keep my mind from getting in trouble all the time. How about you? And so let's go on again. Whoever guards his mouth and guards his tongue can keep his mind, his will from getting in trouble. Sometimes my will is opposite to the Word of God. Maybe it's because I'm ignorant of it, or maybe sometimes I sided with the flesh. I'm not going to get up here and tell you I'm perfect because I'm not, and you know that. Sometimes I've sided with the flesh, and I flesh out, and I pray those are diminishing and... I don't talk to Jerry about those ones, but uh, if I can do that, if I can guard this mouth and my tongue, I can keep my will from getting in trouble. That's powerful. Okay, so let's go on again. Whoever guards his mouth and can keep his tongue can keep his emotions from troubles. ha oh, man. Look, look at this one, guys. Look up here for a second. Even the other ones, your will, you know, your mind... Those two, you know, we say, yeah, keep them in check. But how about if you were able to keep your emotions from getting you in trouble? That's a biggie. That's a real biggie. Because, man, emotions are like, God gave us emotions, but he gave them not for them to run us, but for us to run them. We're to have authority over them, okay? We're to keep them in check. And so many Christians, i found myself, the same guy, so I'm not like, you know, excluding myself. My I've let my emotions run wild. Well how? Through this tongue, through this mouth. How has my will went opposite? Through this mouth, through this tongue. How has my mind went off course? Through this mouth, through this tongue. I've given place to something contrary to the word of God and it's brought me trouble. Well, I want to keep trouble out of my life, out of my family's life, out of my ministry, uh, what I do here. I want to keep trouble far from me, so I need to keep this tongue in this mouth and guard it. Check it. Amen? Amen? Proverbs 10. Go back a couple chapters. Proverbs 10. Proverbs 10, 19. Proverbs 10, verse 19. We're going to look at the second. Well, we'll look at the whole thing. Proverbs 7 19 says, In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. <laughs> oh, boy. But he who restrains his lips is wise. So, I don't know about you, but I want to be wise. My dad's wise. You know, talking, talking about God. My, my earthly dad is wise, too. But my I want wisdom, I want to be wise. I want to be a 48-year-old wise person, okay? I want to be wise. Well, then I need to restrain this tongue. I just can't let it do whatever it wants to do, okay? I can't just let it go out there uh, on its own and, and set things in course and expect to be wise. I cannot do it. It's contrary to the Word of God. So we want to restrain these lips. We want to check them. We want to keep them in check at all times. Proverbs 13, 3. Proverbs 13.3, a couple pages over. He who guards his mouth preserves his life. Well, Jesus said in John 10.10, He's come to give us life in abundance to the full till it overflows. One of my favorite verses, well, if you aren't having life in abundance to the full till it overflows, I'd say check your mouth. Check your mouth. Check your tongue. Okay, that'd be a good indicator And see, you can either, like I said, guys, you can look at this message either negatively, like, oh, man, Pastor Chris, you think of something more positive to say. Or you can think of it positively, saying, I'm giving you checkpoints. And you can go out of here saying, wow, you know what? I see where I missed it. (laughs) Praise God, that's not going to happen again. I'm on to the devil. I'm on to him. And I'm going to keep this thing in check, and I'm going to see my life turned around. We're going to see that, how you can do that. How am I gonna finish my race? How am I gonna finish my course that God set before me to do? Guard this mouth. That's how. You know I'm telling you, it doesn't have a whole lot of bearing on my feet, my knees, my arms, my legs. It's this mouth that's running my course. Because I can keep this whole body in check with this mouth and with this tongue. Okay, so we're talking about slowing down. We're talking about being selective with our words. I always like to. Bring it back, you know, to Jesus because He's our example. And remember, guys, a couple of illustrations. I've got to keep moving here. Uh, but it's it's good. You have to relate to Jesus, okay? Okay. So I can stand up here and tell you a lot of things, but it has to always come back to Jesus because that's that's who we're in Christ. Okay. So how did Jesus do it? Well, remember, He's teaching out there. He's out in the in the public square, and He's sharing the word and He's just sharing with the boys. And all of a sudden, a group of guys comes. You know, I can just see it. you got to picture this, okay? That's what I do. Picture a group of guys, dust flying. They're all hastily. they got a woman who's gladly closed in the middle of them, and they bring her up to Jesus, and they're like, Master, and they're trying to trick them. They're trying to get them, you know, just like the devil did in the desert. They're trying to trip them up. They said, Master, we caught this woman in the act of adultery. The law says we should stone them. What do you say? I always thought about that. First of all, how are a group of men? Where would they be doing? Where the woman is, who's gotten caught in the adul- adultery, the act of adultery. I mean, you know, I don't know what was going on there, but they should not have been there. Okay. Or they were peeping or whatever they were doing, they were in the wrong place too, and they were trying to pass the buck on to this lady and then also catch Jesus in a trap. But what I want you to see is is um what was Jesus' response? Nothing. <laughs> and I love that because he he was sitting on the ground, teaching the boys, probably sitting Indian style or something, and he had a stick in his hand, and I relate to this, he was doodling. <laughs> It says that he was writing on the ground. He was doodling in today's terms. And I doodle. If you give me a pen, I'm going to be doodling on something. That's just the way I am. I keep it going there. But he doodled. And they're like, okay, like, uh, didn't he hear us or what? You know, isn't this worth a response? And they're looking and listening to try to catch him in a trap. And man, you know, I know what he was doing now because of preparing for this lesson, preparing for this. He was conversing with the Lord with his father to give the right response and the response he gave was so simple but yet so profound but if he would have just lashed out being a man just like under you and i and being anointed by the holy spirit okay he could have said something in in rebuttal to them like well where did you guys catch this lady what were you doing there like that was my first response but no he he wrote on the ground conversed with the father acknowledged him in all his ways and the Lord's and father said to him, Tell the one who th- the, is without sin to throw the first stone. <laughs> Could you and I come up with that statement? Would we ever come up with that in our wildest dreams? How simple that is, though? And and how Jesus just relaxed, never was in a hussy, never was in a fuss. Okay? converse with the father, got the appropriate words because he said he never spoke apart from what he heard the father say. And the father said, let the first one of those without sin be the first one to throw a stone. And what did they do? They all dispersed and the lady was sitting there. He ministered to them, ministered to that lady. I love that. Another real quick one was is uh, trying to trip them up again and they come in and they said, uh, hey, are we supposed to pay taxes? And uh, he says, uh, or how are we going to pay taxes and and the people are trying to catch him like are are you guys exempt your disciples and you jesus you're exempt from paying taxes and jesus said show me a coin first of all he was silent but then he said show me a coin he conversed with the father he could have said well you know what i'm the son of the most high god i don't have to pay anything you guys should be paying i am the king of kings But he didn't allow his emotions and didn't allow his words to dictate. He conversed with the Father, and the Father told him, tell him whose picture is on that coin and pay unto whose picture is on that coin the taxes that are due to him. Would you and I come up with that response? That was so profound but so simple. Jesus was a man of few words. He never rambled on about anything. He thought before he spoke, and what he spoke was what he heard the Father speak. He did not speak out of order ever. He did not gossip. He did not spread rumors. And he did not have any idle talk. And he is our example. Ouch. (laughs) You know, ouch. He never spoke out of order. I found myself doing that. He did not gossip. I don't like to do that, but I found myself doing it. He did not spread rumors. I hope I don't do that. And he did not have any idle talk. I know I have idle talk. I need to eliminate those things from my life. (coughs) Proverbs 17, Proverbs 17, verses 27. Proverbs 17, verse 27. It says that he who has knowledge spares his words. Okay? Well, you have knowledge today because you will be accountable for now for what you heard. You might never heard this before. You might never heard some of these things before. But today, after today, you can't go to God when you stand before him and say, Well, I never heard that, Lord. I don't know why my life was such a mess, and I don't know why you didn't help me, and blah, 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 blah. And they "They take you back to Thursday, July, whatever this is, 12th, and say, No, 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 no. I I shared with you guys on this and why didn't you not listen? Why weren't you a doer of the word? it says that he who has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. A man of a man of understanding is a calm spirit. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. So we're talking fool is not a Christian <laughs> or walking in 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 righteousness. Even he is considered wise if he holds his peace. He doesn't speak, you know, just off the cuff. When he shuts his lips, he's considered perceptive is what my Bible says. Turn over to Proverbs 15. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4. Proverbs fifteen four says that a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, a tree of life. Well, God's given us that life in abundance to the full till it overflows, and our tongue, a wholesome tongue, not speaking idle talk, not spreading rumors, not gossiping, is a tree of life. Proverbs ten eleven, Proverbs ten verses eleven. It says the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. So we can see that we are a tree of life. It can grow up to be stately, produce fruit. We can see that God refers to it as a well of life. That means the well, it supplies the water, not only for myself, but it can be a well unto other people, okay? A wholesome tongue, the righteous tongue can be a well of life. A well is a good thing, especially when you're dry, especially when you need a drink, Okay, so we're close by Proverbs 13 3 Proverbs 13 3 we already looked at that but he who guards his mouth preserves his life go up to verse 2 a man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth a man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth I want to eat well I mean I want to have fruit that's what God's called us all to do is produce fruit and it's going to be from my mouth from my tongue from my words. We need to think before we speak, guys. These tongues will speak without us even thinking about it. We need to think before I speak, before these words go out of my mouth. Will this edify somebody or will this criticize somebody? Will this bless or will this curse? And if you can just take those thoughts captive, that will this bless a situation or am I speaking the curse? It doesn't take a whole lot of time or effort to to just check those before they come out of your mouth. And you'll save yourself so much grief. We already saw that it'll save us so much trouble. Will this edify the person that I'm conversing with? Will this edify the situation? Or will this criticize the situation? Well, I don't want to be tearing down. I want to be building up. Does this line up? And this is a big one. It always comes up no matter when I get to share I always seem to come back to this, but does it line up with the truth of God's word or is it a fact? Because, and I share with this all the time, because so many times we, we base our life on facts and facts are subject to change. They're always changing. The truth never changes. It never varies. It's always the same. But if I'm basing my reactions, I'm basing my words, I'm basing my life on facts, I'm going to constantly be going tossed to and fro because facts are always changing. I go to bed and it's hot. I wake up in the morning in the same bed, in the same house, it's cold. Facts change. One day it's good to eat bananas. One day it's not good to eat bananas. One day you can have two eggs. Next day it says don't eat any eggs. Facts are subject to change. One day it's hot. Next day it's cold. You can't base your life on facts. They're there. It's okay to recognize them. But the truth never changes. It never varies. So if I line my, war, my life up with the word of God, then I'm going to be set myself up for victory. Amen? Amen? You can see now that if you do base your life on facts, then you can see how you could be tossed to and fro. You see how you could be shaking very easily. It goes back to the, the sermon where Jesus spoke about the foundation being either based upon the sand or upon the rock. Backs are sand, rock is a word. Okay, so what must be coming out of our mouths is the word of God. And in order for it to come out of our mouths, it must have first been put into our hearts. So you can see how discipline one, is. step number one, is so important, how God ties it all together. Example, uh, we don't take young guys and young women right off the street. And then send them over to iraq or over to iran or over to a war okay we don't do that what do we do we recruit them and then we train them send them through training basic boot camp and all those things we train them and then we put them on the front line we would never think of taking a kid and putting him on the front line without any training so what god's telling us in these steps and disciplines is is you need to have your training, okay? And what that'll do is when you do get put on the front line, and you will be on the front line, if you, you might be on the front line today, uh, you're going to be well prepared. You're going to know how to handle the situation. You're going to know what to do. You're going to know the disciplines. I just don't take that hill, and I just don't run across that line without thinking about it. No, I, I have, I've been disciplined. I know the steps to do. And that's how you can go out from that situation with the attitude and with the Word in you that says, I am more than a conqueror. God always causes me to triumph and He always gives me the victory. I believe those things. I say them and I believe them. Supporting Scripture for what I just described to you is in Matthew 12, 33. Matthew 12, verse 33. Very familiar Scripture. Matthew 12, Verse 33. Let's see what it says. It says, either make the tree good. We talked about that uh, the mouth can make a tree of life. You can either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. So you're the tree. Are you bearing fruit? It says here that you are bearing fruit. Are you bearing good fruit or are you bearing bad fruit? Okay? Checkpoint. If you're bearing bad fruit, let's see what we've got to do to now start producing good fruit. Broad of vipers. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A verse we all know, i heard a million times. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure, or we could say the good deposit of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure or evil deposits, brings forth evil things. So the deposits that we will allow into the ground, into our heart, will eventually come out, and they're going to come out through our tongues and through our mouths, and they're going to set things in motion. But I say to you that for every idle word that men may speak, they will have to give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. By your words, Jesus said, you will be justified, which is a good thing, or by your words you'll be condemned, which is a bad thing. But it's going to be by your words, the words that come out of your mouth. And the words that come out of your mouth are what you've allowed to go into your ground and into your heart. You're not just going to speak something that that hasn't been deposited in there. It doesn't happen that way you've allowed that to come into your life you've allowed that to take seed you've allowed that to 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 take ground that seed go into that ground and it will produce and the seed only produces after its own kind so if you're putting evil things in if you're putting bad things in then that's what's going to be coming out in the time of trouble but if you're putting in the word of god you're putting in positive things and and you're constantly be putting that in you're praying and stuff then in the time of trouble that good will come out of the ground because the seed only produces after its own kind so good indication guys what's coming out of your mouth what's your life like right now indicator would be what you've been allowing to go into your life what's been what's been what's the seed that's been going into your ground and if you don't like it and it isn't going right that's cool pluck it out ask for forgiveness and put some good stuff in turn it around all right so write this down this is powerful it's a powerful statement. Your life today is a result of words you spoke yesterday. That's powerful, guys, I'm telling you. You might not get it right now, but the more I meditate on that, and the more I meditate on it, lines right up with the Word of God, is, it is the truth. Your life today is a result of the words you spoke yesterday. Your words, you can write this down too, your words prophesy what you become. So yeah, what's that mean? I know you guys know that, but what's that mean? Your words prophesy what you become. What you prophesy, what you set in motion is what you become. What you allow to come out of your mouth, if you're talking negatively all the time, then it's going to be negative for you. It's a spiritual principle. It's not a fact. It's a spiritual truth. What comes out of your mouth, if you're consistently talking down and out, then you're going to be down and out. Now, you can change that. If you're constantly speaking, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. He has supplied all my needs according to his riches and glory. Then that's what's going to be taking place into your life. What the problem is is a lot of times is we're we're speaking the truth and then we're offsetting it with negative talk or words that are contrary to the word of God. And it can that's a that's a house divided. That's a that's a body divided, and the Bible says it cannot stand. So it's it's hard to get results when you're divided. Okay? It cannot be that way. And we're going to look a little bit into that in James. I can tell you right now, we're not going to get done with this one today, which is cool. you just going to have to come back in a couple of weeks and get the rest of this one. But we're going to go for a little bit longer here, if you guys can take it, just a couple more minutes. You have the choice to look at this positively or negatively. I'm here to encourage you, to exhort you, and watch you. You have the ability and now the knowledge to turn your life around, to change your circumstances around and put them in a new direction. Today, right now, if you want to know what you will be like in five years from now, listen to what you're saying today. Listen to what's coming out of your mouth today. And from five years from now, when you look back, you'll say, I, that's what come out of my mouth. I put those things in motion. I prophesied that over my life. So if you want to know what your life's going to be like five years from now, good indication is listen guys this is a positive thing this isn't a negative message this is like i'm going to start speaking positive and i'm not going to tell you it's going to take five years from now but i'm going to tell you five years from now if you'll stick with it and you'll do discipline step number one two and three i'm telling you your life can be totally different in one two three four five years from now but if you do not change then it will remain the same Because if nothing changes, you will always have what you always had. (laughs) Your choice. And a lot of people are calling out to God. I want you to change it, God. Why aren't you moving? Why isn't nothing changing? I see other Christians doing it. Because if you're not doing anything different than you were doing yesterday, you can't expect a different result, a a different uh, outcome. Right? Right? Simple. It's so simple. But yet... It's doing it. It's doing it. Proverbs 23, 7 says, you will have to turn there, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. How is that, Pastor Chris? As I think in my heart, so am I. And how does that tie into my words? Because what I've allowed in my gates, picture it like this, guys. Picture it like in the old days. I'm talking real old days where they had cities and they were all had uh, walls around them, okay? And um, these different, uh, are, um, just not communities, but different um, uh, different groups of people. You know, you had the ites over here, these ites, those ites, that ites, and they all had their cities and they had their walls around them. Well, they had to have gates. Usually they had two gates or one, one to go in, one to come out, or it was just one. But think about it. Nothing could get in there or, on the other hand, nothing could come out that hadn't already went in. Nothing could come out of there except what was allowed to go in. And I'm telling you that there's nothing that can come out of these mouths that hasn't went through the eye and the ear gates. Those are our gates. We have eye gates, ear gates, and the big mouth gate. (laughs) Okay? And it cannot come out of the mouth. We just read it proverbs 23 7 it cannot come out of this mouth unless it's been allowed to come in through the ear gates or the eye gates and you know i don't have to stand up here and tell you explain that all a lot all you gotta do is watch tv (laughs) you watch it you hear it and it's going down in so if you don't like what's going on in your life right now then turn some things around man change it you know that means turn off the tube put on some word okay you gotta you, you cannot expect the word and expect your life to be turned around or changed if you're not checking these gates to make sure that the enemy or things contrary are working because what's allowed to come in will manifest and come out okay that's the way it is, so decision time that's like God saying, "Okay, here's the ball throws it in your lap. What do you want to do? You want to play now or you want to just throw it down and say, "I don't like it?" I don't like that. I don't like that message. I don't want to do that. I, I, I can't do that. I'm checking my gates all the time. Well, then you don't want it bad enough. You don't want it bad enough. you know. So, what we put into our heart or into the ground in abundance has to overflow or spill out somewhere. And that spill out or that somewhere would be your mouth. Okay. What has been put in in abundance must come out the ground will produce it always produces so if i put seed in whether it's good seed or bad seed it will eventually manifest itself and come out and where it's going to come out is my mouth if you do any kind of gardening or have you ever been around farms or anything like that the ground will produce and jesus said as long as the earth remains it will be seed time and harvest he's not talking physically out there yeah that will happen too but he's also talking about your heart. So what you put in there, whether that was good seed or bad seed, I keep saying this, the seed only produces after its own kind. So if I'm watching bad things and I'm hearing bad things and they're contrary to the word of God, then those will come out of my mouth because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and then I shall have those things because that's a spiritual principle law. But if it's good going in, it's the word of God, and I can keep a zip on these lips, then I can have good things producing and a good harvest coming out on the the opposite side. You receive that? Okay. So, if we're constantly putting the word into the ground of our hearts, no worries. But if you're putting idle talk in and you're talking idle talk, gossip, whatever, rumors, then watch out. I'm saying watch out because it's going to make its way down inside and also once spoken, it's put in action Faith is action to your words, and that's good or bad. So if you don't like your life, I'm going to end on this. If you don't like your life right now, if you're looking at your life saying, man, some things I want to change. I know I could be living better than this, and I know God wants so much more from me. Okay, well, is it God's fault or is it my fault? Well, maybe he's indicated or showed us some things today. Real quick, you know, I've been in business for 25 years landscaping, and I believe... One of the reasons why it's been successful and that that we've always been busy is is because uh, this is just something small I do that I know not everybody does, but we'll go to a house and I'll lay out all the shrubs and the trees, you know, and one of the greatest joys in being in business and landscaping is, is the couple goes away to work, and then they come home and voila, it's all done, and their house is transformed, and they're so happy, and you know, sometimes we've had them stand over top of us the whole day, and those ones aren't as fun, but you know. But what I always endeavored to do was, is you know what? No matter what shrub or what tree that I've ever planted over 25 years and even longer than that, there's always one really, really, really good side to every plant and every tree. One good side. There's a circumference the whole way around it. But most people just take. Fifty shrubs, throw them in, you know, where they want it. I mean, do it do it right. But I've always taken the approach that there's one really good side to that, and I want that side facing out to where they pull in the driveway and they see that the nicest side, the, the shabbiest side. Or not, I'm, talking, I'm talking about if there's a little hole or, you know, just, it should be where nobody's seeing that. And it should be when they pull in or neighbors drive by, they should see it. So what am I saying that for? I'm saying that God is just trying to, do the same thing with us like a plant and just tweak and turn us just a little bit to where we're setting up straight, we're looking good, (laughs) we're looking good to everyone that comes by and what that will be is a calling card to them, do they want the same thing? And all I'm saying in this message today is, guys, if you don't like where you're at, maybe you're facing the wrong direction and maybe you're facing the house and no one's even noticing you. And maybe you're not getting any attention, you feel like you know, man, I haven't you know had anybody say anything positive to me for a while. Then God's just saying, let me just let me just tweak you a little bit. This is for your good. Let me just turn you a notch this way let me just let me just do that for you and 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 just see your life you know turn around just just experience something new with God." So if you don't like where your life's at right now, and you don't like where you're at, you don't like the, what's going on maybe in your family's life, or you don't like what's going on with, in your life personally, or you know God's got a call, He's got a call in all of our lives to do something for Him. And you don't feel like you're being used, and you don't feel like uh, the things have been going well. This is the perfect opportunity with the message that you heard today. Now that's not it, that was only half of it. That you can turn this thing around by your words by your by your mouth you just take control first of all watch before you speak anything and sometimes don't say anything at all sometimes i've had to bite my lip with jer (laughs) i'm using that example and just because it's real it's real you know that's why i've I've always appreciated pastor john because he's been real is i've had to bite my lip and leave leave the room And, and maybe even leave the house and go out in the yard I can come right back in and act like nothing's ever been wrong. Why'd you go outside? Where were you? What'd you do? (laughs) But that saved me a whole lot more grief than opening up and spewing out things that I should not have said. And in my example is Jesus. And Jesus always, he didn't respond quickly like that to anybody. He took his time, conversed with the Lord, with his Father, and he said, what should I say? And he always had the right answers. I loved it. He always had the right answers. And he was never without words. You know, if it didn't need to be said, he didn't say it. But when he did say, say things, it was simple, but yet so profound. Well, Jesus never said anything way out there that we couldn't grasp. It was always simple. But you say, wow, man, I, w- I wish I had to come up with that one. You know, that's Jesus and that's God. And that's what he wants to do for you and I. So... If you don't like where your life's at right now, guys, start watching your words, like we talked about, and you can turn this thing around. And the next time we get together, I'm going to show you in James how we can turn things around. It talks about the tongue being a rudder or a, uh, uh, what do they call it—a bit in the horse's mouth. We're going to see that maybe you got big problems going on, maybe you got little problems. I'm going to say, show you in the Word of God how you can take this tongue and use it to your advantage to turn that situation around. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you and praise you for what you instilled in us today. I thank you, Lord, for just tweaking us and turning us so we are more like you. I thank you, Lord, that we go forth from here, Father, with uh, uh, an anticipation, with an excitement, Father God, and we will be doers of what we heard today. We're not just hearers, Father, we're doers, and we know that we'll be better off for it, and we'll have influence with the people around us, Father. And I thank you and praise you that circumstances are already starting to change, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that everyone in this room, I speak it, Father. You tell us in your word, in Job, and in the numbers to decree things, to decree them, and they shall be what we decree, Father. We know that we're only going to decree what your word says. So I decree that my family here, Lord, these people in this room, They're happy, they're prosperous, they're blessed, they're healthy. I thank you and praise you they're seeking after you, Father God. I thank you that you perfect the things that concern them. You're working to the good on their behalf, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that we'll never be the same. I thank you, Lord, for all that you're going to do in and through us. We thank you in advance, Father. And it's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. All right, love you guys. Come back.